0: Yo, what's good, Desi Hip Hop fam? You are tuned in to the Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, DJ Raf, and today we have an amazing plan for the show just for you. Today, we're focusing on a few global DJs, a few global Desi DJs, uh, and all of these DJs have been on the grind for a hell of a long time, okay? They they perfected their craft for all of these years, and now they're really riding that wave to the top. Um, I really respect all of them, and that's why today we'll get to know them a little bit better. Uh, without further ado, I don't want to talk too much. I want to introduce our first guest for the show today, and uh, he is a, a DJ and also an event planner and also an entrepreneur um, all, from Toronto, Canada, and I'd just like to Present to you, Sats B. Yes. What Satish. <laughs> Satish, good to see you, bro. I'm glad That's you right, could homie. make it. How how are things for you going?
1: Hey, man, we're, we're, we're making do with the new set of rules. You know, everybody's Hell adapting. Yeah. Everybody's, is uh, you know, it's straight hustler mindset now. You either adapt yeah. and figure out what to do or you sit. And so uh, um, I, I love what's going on. So I'm Hell happy yeah. to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, before I introduce the next guest, uh, I also want to bring attention to applause over here. Uh, You know, if you guys are live streaming or, you know, doing anything live online and you haven't been able to monetize yet, this, this is where you need to go. And guess what? This is the guy who's behind that project. So uh, more info on that soon. I'd like to uh, take this opportunity to introduce our next guest. Um, He's all the way from India. This guy has been DJing and performing all over the world. Uh, You've seen him perform with Gully Gang and numerous other artists all over India, as well as in the US. Uh, I'd like to present Spin Doctor. Yo, 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 (laughs) yo! Yo, I love that energy, man. I love that energy. Oh, man. Is it raining in Mumbai? I heard it is. It's flooded, like, everywhere. Bro, I I had a hard
2: time to come home on time for this one. Oh, shit.
0: Man, I'm glad you made it. (laughs) I finally made it. I I almost
2: killed, like, three people on the way, but,
0: yeah, it's cool. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of people here. That's awesome. Um, Okay, so the next guest I want to bring on is uh, all the way from New York, you know, the home of hip-hop. Um, this guy has been DJing for like a shit ton of years, man. Like I can't even count, but he's a pro. He's a legend. You know what? He's been DJing on Apple music next to Ebro. He's been DJing for Desi events. He's been DJing for all over, all over the U S man. This guy is a hustler. He's a grinder. I'd like to present DJ Sherrod to the unfiltered podcast. So, what up? What's, What's good. Up? Please and you feel it. Hell yeah, man. How's how's New York been treating you, man?
3: Uh couldn't be better, man. You know? <laughs> you know. That's
0: awesome. Rise and grind.
3: We had a little tornado yesterday, but other than that, you know, we're okay, man. A little trees down, but you know, we just going through the COVID, so few trees yeah. tree down is nothing. A <laughs> out of here, it's all good.
0: Right. That's awesome. Well, you know, the next guest you know very well. Uh he is uh, DJ Sharad's business partner, as well as, you know, a uh, friend from a hell of a long time. Uh, they work in the same company that they founded, DJ USA. Uh, please welcome DJ Juicy to the Unfiltered Podcast. What up, what up, what up? Yo. What's going on? it has yeah. been that Sherrod rap.
2: What's good,
0: guys? Yeah, man. Things are really good. I'm really glad to have you all here, man. Like, this is really cool. Uh, you know, just to have so many different... Talents from different parts of the world in one place. You know, I'm here in Minneapolis. Sats B is in Toronto. Um, DJ Sharad and Juicy are in New York. Spin Doctor in Mumbai, India, man. Um, let's start Let's start by seeing like how you guys have been doing during this quarantine, man. Uh, Spin Doc, bro, what have you been up to during this whole quarantine? Well,
2: I'm back to my medical thing, helping people working mm. as a doctor 24-7.
0: And you know,
2: getting some time to make some music, flexing
0: my rocky. <laughs> nice, yo, everybody's got that. I don't have it, I have a hairband. That's not the same thing. I got <laughs> my Apple Watch, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice, man. So, real quick, spin doc you know, uh, you are an actual doctor, and that's the influence behind your name, right? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So during COVID, I saw like so many, you know, social media pictures and stuff where you're actually working, you know, on the front line, you know, helping people out. Uh, How has that been going for you?
2: Uh, Now we are doing really good, bro. Like initially it was in slums and uh, we were very scared because, you know, uh, the healthcare sector is not that great as like, you know, first world country in India. And uh, we were trying our best and now it's almost gone from the slums. So we are happy that, you know, there's no, like we are, even if, having a bad health healthcare structure, we try to save like so many people and it feels good. Like, you know, we are doing pretty good right now. We're kind of opening up, but not the party thing, but we are like kind of coming back with the new norms of course. But yeah.
0: Nice. You know, that's uh, refreshing to hear because in America, things are going south. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, DJ juicy, bro. How have you been during this whole past four months of quarantine? I've, I've been
4: good, man. Uh, just, just taking a lot of
0: time to kind of figure out different business
4: strategies um, and pivot, uh, which is super important in this in this climate. Um, and then also spending a lot of time with the family. Uh, I recently had a, a daughter, a baby. So um, that's been yeah. a big blessing for me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. So just uh, been focusing on family and work, man. That's all we know.
0: Hell yeah! Hell yeah! And um, you know your partner in crime, DJ Sharad. Uh, I know you've been working a lot. Like I've seen you do the, you know, so many live uh, DJ streams uh, as on Apple Music, on Pop Shift, on numerous other places. Uh, You guys recently did that like uh, theater, uh, a drive-in theater thing, uh, to represent the community. How have you been doing this whole past four months? Um, You know,
3: just maintaining, not complaining. (laughs) Um, I feel you know if we put our heads down and work and and. And ideate and create. Um, it's a blessing, you know, to be able to sort of have downtime and be healthy and be able to keep creating, uh, right. just shifting our business and our mindset, you know, with the times and and, and really just building something
0: new. So, right. Yeah, moving, that's moving into out here. Yeah, that's that's always important. Yeah, we got to be on our uh, toes right now. Make sure we can do everything we possibly can. Um, moving on to sets B, bro, uh, you know, you have been hustling, grinding, like since this quarantine started, I, I've seen you test out every single avenue for live stream, <laughs> uh, every single opportunity to like, you know, go live and connect with the community, which is very important. Uh, you know, right now we, you know, relationships are the most important things. But how has your, uh, you know, quarantine been so far? It's good, man. It's good. I mean, for me... Um, I tend to take on a lot of things
1: out of passion and, and don't know how to, like, let things go. And then COVID brought a whole new level of, like, like clarity um, that was forced, which I totally appreciate. I've got new habits that I've developed. Um, I've got new projects that uh, we're doing from a different perspective. Um, so so it's been really good to sort of get that noise out because as, it's like, it's like, hustlers, we tend to create that noise sometimes. And then we don't know when it's good and when it's not good. And so that has been really good. You know, I'm still happily married. My wife is like still cool with me being around it this often. We haven't hung out this much since like the honeymoon days. So I'm like, whoa. Uh, and I've got a whole new relationship with my kids now. Like it's, it's, it's a blessing, man. So, you know, there's so much things that are not good about what's happening globally. But I think we found a way to find some positivity in all of this chaos.
0: Right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing. Um, Really happy to hear that, you know, and I I hear from all of you guys that like the, that family unit has been getting stronger during this period. And I think that's going to last, you know, that's going to impact the rest of our lives in in one way or the other. So that's awesome. Um, Quick shout out to all the viewers, Uh, you know, Slick Two Shades. Thank you for being here. He was one of our guests uh, in a previous episode um, from Jersey. Um, Also, shout out to Sandeep Singh and uh, all the viewers on YouTube and Facebook. Um, By the way, we're live on Facebook and YouTube, but we also stream, uh, you know, posts live. We also are available everywhere where podcasts are available. So Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, etc. I'll stop with the plugs now and we'll start with the first segment of the show. It's called Scavenger Hunt. All right, Scavenger Hunt. So this is a game where we uh, ask you to go ahead and share something in your room or in your house, uh, which has a story. You know, we want you to share a story with us. Uh, So who's got something to share with the audience uh, already? Uh, Shiraz. All right, let's go. Let's see what Shiraz got. (laughs) Oh, nice. That's like an old school. uh, What do you call those things? Time? sorry for
3: well, the hourglass
0: hourglass hourglass, hourglass.
5: Yeah.
3: right very 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 important in real life <laughs> right. we forget how valuable our time is so true story as sad said you know we got this this thing during COVID. this blessing about understanding how valuable our time is And uh, sometimes when you're running and gunning and when you're like at this fast pace, when you hustle and when you're moving and shaking, you know, you just just lose track of time. But if you focus and realize that your time has so much value and you gotta utilize it wisely, you know, you you take it more seriously and, and, and you respect your time more and you respect other people's time more and you value your time, which sometimes we forget about. Like we hop here, hop there, do this, have a meeting, have a phone call. Now it's like if it doesn't fit in my hourglass, like I can't really fuck with it. I can't mess with it if it doesn't fit in my timeline. This is my time. It's very precious. And this is literally 60 minutes right here. So, yo, Raph, if we're not done in 60 minutes, there's a problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Next thing. But this was gifted to me when we opened up our office. You know, we've been shut down. Our business, you know, we, we run a multi you know a multifaceted business uh we run an, uh, an events agency we're in a production house and um when we reopened up this was gifted to me from one of my uh key people that works with us his name is karan he's actually a dj he runs our production and um he put this on my desk he said i found it i said yo this is this is life right now we gotta value this every day so very important you know dj Sharad og i like to teach a little bit while we while we move and change so
2: Yes.
0: that's important that's important i love that um yeah we, you know right now you're you're so right you know right now time is every, all we have literally like <laughs> we better take advantage of it well, look, we
3: could we could pause time or we could keep it running ah there you, you know go know? <laughs> we want to pause we want to keep it going for me this shit is vertical every day
0: hell yeah and hell quick, yeah block. <laughs> nice. Uh, I feel like you by you moving that up and down a little bit, we gain some more time uh, for the show. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <Just a few laughs> Just All rain. right, awesome, man. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Um, so who's next? Who's got some else to share with us? It's, uh, Pindar. oh, <laughs> he's got the so,
2: I mean, this is the temperature that I've been using since April 22 when I started working as a doctor. Like, you know, I went back to the field and I have scanned, like, I think more than a lakh people with this one. Wow. And wow. I, yeah, awesome. I actually found so many positive people. I saw so many deaths, but I saved so many lives.
0: So, yeah, like, this has been a failure. Nice. Good. That's awesome. Uh, well, you know, in your uh, time in the field, uh, was there anything, like a story that, you know, stood out for you? Was, you know, is there something you could share with us? Uh I would like to,
2: yeah. So basically, uh, when you go to a slum, like, you know, India, the hood is a slum. Like, you know, right. we call it slum here. I don't know what you guys call it there.
0: Like, you, call it the you call it the hood? Call <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: it the hood, yeah. So we call it the slums. So here, like, if you go to the slum, like, you know, it, it's like... Uh, you see the people the amount of people who are like volunteering about big like, things you know if somebody is like quarantined at home and they, they can't cook food so people like community builds. there's a community who's there like, who cooks food and you know provides everybody and it's it's lot of positivity like when you go there like you see on the news that you know people are dying and this and that but when you go actually to the field you get inspired by smallest thing like you know there are so many people who are working day in day out without any money just to help humanity and that really touches me because that is never there on media like you know the real humanity the real india or whatever the real people who ogs like you know who, who doesn't care about anything who doesn't care about publicity they just want to help they don't want anything in return they just want to give so i met so many givers like that and then i feel so proud working with them especially the cops here they they work like 12 hours a day, you know, in the lockdown to make
0: sure that people are at home. Right. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very valuable. And it makes mm-hmm. it so much more real, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. so many people, uh, you know, not so many, but some people don't even believe that it's real. Like it's true. Like COVID is something. So no, bro, I, I had it, I had it. I was COVID positive on 24th of May and oh. then five
2: days I was fucked and then I recovered somehow, and then I went back to work. So I know how it feels. I mean, yeah, you say it's a hoax, but I know, you know. And I saw people dying in front of my eyes. So now I, I really cannot like if anybody says that it's a hoax. I'm like, dude, like you know, you should come and see the death. You know, one-to-one face with a death is the ultimate thing which can make you believe in something which is there or not. Like, so yeah, I mean, in the media and the news, like you know, I can go on the on the internet type things, like you know, oh, it's a hoax, it's a fucking scam, is (laughs) that. But like when you come to the field and you see like a female who was just talking to you, after right. two hours, her oxygen saturation is gone down. Suddenly, she was fit and she's dead now. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's what happens like, in the field, which you don't know. Like, you know, which we and all the doctors all or everybody in my field, like they've been working in and out, like without any rest. And they are seeing so much of this, you know, for us. I think we're going to have a PTSD after this, for sure.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, let's get your direct line to Donald Trump. You tell him this. <laughs> Dude, I,
2: uh, I don't know, but uh, I know this is sound weird, but I like Donald Trump because he's funny. And I take <laughs> him as a cartoon. He's like it's a comedy a- show.
4: Yeah. Oh, he's
2: like the biggest, funniest guy in the world, I think. Mean. He's like a cartoon for me. So whenever I see him, I feel so happy. I was like, like this is a comedy for free, man. <laughs>
0: That's oh, right. man. Man, um, you know... Um, Today we're having a you know conversation with so many global DJs but I always felt like it would be incomplete without having somebody come in here from the UK. So, I have a surprise guest for you guys and nice. he is DJ Limelight. Yo,
5: welcome. oh shoot. Oh, okay. man. good job.
0: I had to pull you in, bro, because like, what kind of global desi DJ conversation are we having without without you from the UK, who's been repping this whole scene and all of this for a fuck ton of years? How have you been, bro?
5: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Everything's Sorry, perfect. Man,
5: I'm not. I'm not that good with technology sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Raph has been helping me loads, but <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. It's good to be joining, you know, such a dope lineup and. Obviously, like we all we're all very passionate about about our skin tone and what we're doing for it, you know what I'm saying? For for the rap culture, but being brown, you know what I'm saying? So Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It's good.
0: Hell yeah, man. Glad to have you here. Um uh, DJ limelight's here for a short time in uh today's episode. But within this time, I wanted to, you know, ask him uh how things have been and like um, you know, I don't want to know about the quarantine stuff anymore. I've already asked that question yeah. to everybody but like, what do you think about, um, you know, the scene yeah. right now? What's what's your what's your feeling? Like, you know, you've got the ears to the streets so I, I want to yeah. hear a little bit about from you.
5: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I like it. I feel like there's a lot of adult rappers. There's a whole cultural thing behind it and I feel like there's a lot of passion behind it and there's a lot of young young bucks that represent the struggle, which is always, uh, you know, important. My only concern when it comes to, like, brown rappers, Desi rappers that are trying to go to the next level in terms of, like, let's look at someone like Nav as a brown face that sits amongst, you know, you can probably sit in the same room as P Diddy and sit in the same room as Daisy and be acknowledged as an artist is that sometimes I feel a lot of DC rappers right now are chasing the wrong collaborations, man. And I feel like production choices ain't the greatest either, man. That's me being 100. I don't want to be negative. Everyone looks mad serious now, I'm sorry, but it's it's a genuine concern I have because I always feel like as brown people we're almost taught to kind of be quiet. And not speak up about the struggles that we go through and actually represent ourselves to the fullest and say, yo, like, why isn't little baby on a track with Emmyway right now? Why isn't Ghana? Like, they're the popping kids. Not Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, Slide, Slider, that ain't really hitting me. It's not really something I'm going to go and play in the clubs in London. That's right. me being 100, you know what I'm saying?
0: So Right, right. Well, you br- bring up some great points. What do you guys think? DJ Sherrod, what do you think about what he just said?
3: You know, you know, me and Limelight, you know, uh, we become mixes back and forth and music back and forth all the time. Um, and, you know, I don't believe there's a right or wrong uh, in this space. And I think everyone, as an artist, you got to get in where you fit in specifically. But I, I hear where, where Limelight's coming from in the sense that, you know, sometimes these collabs are forced. Uh, if we're talking specifically on collabs, and I've been part of them, I've been behind the scenes on a lot of on a lot of records and a lot, a lot of collaborations specifically. Um, we're also at a point where we as a culture um, don't necessarily need to collab or force the collab with a mainstream hip hop or pop artist. We're collabing internally on our own and we're creating our own vision are creating our own sound, creating our own lane. So what I really like to see, is cats from where we're from, New York, Canada, that are South Asian, collabing with cats from India and Pakistan, because I believe that creates this global madness and eventually allows mainstream to come to us versus us chasing people with a bag and saying, hey, we got this 50,000 for a Snoop feature. We don't need to do that. you know. People could come to us, the Latin scene did it. I always reference the Latin scene the Latin scene is a global scene independent of any other scenes. The Latin, Latin scene coexists with one another globally and people like all of us on this call, we actually don't really know each other and DJs are a very, very powerful force. Sometimes the artists don't really recognize the DJs and us banding together and sticking together, me being able to just WhatsApp to Limelight or WhatsApp to Spindock or WhatsApp to Rap, et cetera, and saying, "Yo, I got this artist or this music. Check it." And we're pushing the shit together. Eventually, leads us to be able to walk into major labels and say, "We got this record. We got this many 500 million plays on YouTube." Y'all need to give us the baby or whoever. And if you don't, it's cool. We're gonna we're gonna flourish regardless. One thing I'm really, really uh, I honed in on is the fact that a lot of artists in our culture that make music pause when they make the music and really haven't figured out that we're in the music business. Making music is the art. But making music doesn't necessarily mean you're in the music business. And it's two very, very different things. Collectively, as a scene, specifically South Asians making hip-hop, the business is not fully filtered out yet. The business is still being created. Right. And we need to perpetuate that and build that. So me as a DJ, I'm not here to just play music. You know, Most of the work we do is behind the scenes in cultivating artists, in a and behind the scenes, putting right. deals together for artists, walking them into a radio station. Like being able to be brown and walk artists into Hot 97 is huge. That's mecca of hip hop. Walking them into a label here in the States is huge. And we need to use those plugs and and, and that sort of uh, strength as a unit collectively to help our artists and vice versa. Those artists really need to stand with the DJs. And we need to educate the artists that the DJs are not just motherfuckers playing music. We have power and we have power together. Uh, So the the more collabs we do, I think the artists see it and and they benefit off that. And eventually the, the good artists will pick up the phone calls like you you as a DJ, if I go around the room and say, "Yo, how many times have you tried to get this artist to just do something like a drop or give you a verse or even pick up your fucking phone?" Sometimes it's hard, right? <laughs> sometimes the artists are on this massive path and they, they don't really they don't really reciprocate. So I said a lot. I could keep going, but you know, uh, us yeah. as DJs, bottom lines, we have a lot of power. We do work behind the scenes from a collaborative effort. I think we need to col- collaborate within and let people come to us. That's my summary, if you will.
0: Facts. I like that. I like that, man. That, that makes a lot of sense. Both of you guys, you know, um, you know really made sense with the, those points. Like it, it's true. It's both true. Like um, what DJ Limelight mentioned and what Sharad mentioned is true. And we got to come together and do this shit right. Mm. Um, since we don't have Limelight for too long, do you, any of you guys have a question for DJ Limelight? Yo, where's,
2: yeah, I, I, about? I totally fuck uh, with what he says, like, when he was saying about the M.E.W.A. thing with the Snoop Dogg collab or whatever. So, I grew up with these guys, dude. Like, I know them, like, in and out. When they were nothing, I, I played with them. And I was playing with them till now. But the thing is, you know, what, what Sharad is saying is very right. That these guys are just musicians and they don't know the business behind it. They do not know how it works. And, uh, like, they are taking so many wrong steps. And uh, at the same time... Uh, the DJs are not getting enough respect. Like you know, in India right now, I am telling you, India. If you ask anybody what is hip hop, you know what what will they say? They will be saying hip hop means rap or rapper. So other elements of hip hop, like especially DJing, is not that huge. And even uh, like you know, for us, like as the DJs, you know, it's very hard to establish our identity in the scene because the, all the pain is gone to the to the artist, like who's rapper not even a beat producer, not even the DJ who's performing their music, or performing with them like... Uh, I mean, I started the whole DJ culture, where, where like, you know, me with Gully Gang, I used to make sure that, you know, I get like a spotlight. And I used to tell people like, you know, this is more important, not just the performance. A rapper is rapping, but the performance when you see a whole band is performing on the stage, and DJ is scratching and cutting, all those things, you know, that, that actually is the backbone of DJing, right? Right. or hip-hop out there. So, uh, the business side, yeah, like, you know, even DJs need, need to learn, like, lot of you're like, in India. I'm teaching a lot of kids, you know, more about business than DJing. Because hmm. they know everybody is a good DJ, like, you know, I've seen so many DJs, everybody, like, you know, if, if you come to Bombay, I'll make you meet, like, 10 battle DJs who can cut and scratch, like, one of the top uh, UK <coughs> DJ or one of the top American DJs. They are, like, that good scratchers, right? But uh, when it comes to business, they don't know anything. And that's, that's why they can't put out their art in the market. So it's it's very much important to educate them about the music business. Like, you know, I met Shara, then I learned a lot of things with him. I came back to India with all those positivity. I started collaborating with brands, you know, that's how you know you need to unite, learn with each other. And then uh, I had people, so I connected, connected him with all of my rapper friends. And he just gave me an idea about like how to deal with brands and stuff like that. I started approaching good brands and now i'm like you know endorsing like good brands I'm, i just get money to post a picture with. so it's 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 come to that level and now hold the digital marketing and stuff like that we need to be like up in our game not just djing in the club and taking like a few hundred dollars a night just just like that you know you have to have a back team where you are producing music and a dj should be on the track you know it's not just Like if you say like yeah this rapper and this track, no, there has to be a DJ with that because even DJs are sitting home producing lot of beats, lot of music. So they are not getting like, not even the screen sharing, you know, if you say in the video, you don't see any hip hop track with a DJ, man. Like in India, there are hardly any DJs who are sharing the screen in a big fucking video, like, you know, they'll be having like hot girls with big ass. That is more important. They'll be having like money or whatever. Yeah, but no DJ. I mean, why the fuck you not put a DJ in the video, man? That's the whole point. Like, I'm trying to educate people here, and I'm like, you know, putting putting that message in the community that dude, like, you know, we are also hip hop. Like, we are the people who are playing your music and making it famous. Like, people are like, you know, dancing to your music in the club because we are paying your trash. Come on.
5: So everybody has to have
2: like equal equal share. Yeah, hundred percent. Agree
1: just it's, from a business perspective, like, you know, you guys, uh, I look up to all of you from a content creation perspective and I'm a entrepreneur business first DJ second. And so, you know, when I look at, you know, what's happening, uh, you look at the content from the eighties, the DJ was always part of it because mm-hmm. you couldn't do what the DJ could do. You can't just go right. buy stuff and do stuff. And then as the creation became easier and easier, more people can get into the game without a vision is just a cluster of folks. And you know, when I work with people in the game, my question always comes back to look, at the end of the day, if you remove the title of artist and musician and you use other rules like I'm an entrepreneur and my product is music, then you have different set of rules you follow,
0: right? Right.
1: Uh, and and you have to create a vision. You don't say, Hey, I'm gonna start a business and once I make my first hundred thousand, then I'm gonna learn how to run it. But for some reason, the music is like, I'm going to get into content. I'm going to write songs. I'm going to DJ. I'm going to do collaboration. I'm going to pay all this stuff. And then when I make it, I'm going to get a manager. And then I'm going to figure shit out, Mm. which completely skews the foundation. Right? Right. We have a very weak foundation as an industry. And I've been in this game for like 20 something years now. And I'll still tell people we don't have an industry. We have a lot of passionate content creators. But we don't have the beginnings of an industry yet, or when it does start, it doesn't last long enough to turn into something. There's mm-hmm. these blips of organized attempt, cross-culture, cross-country, collaboration. We see these bubbles, and then it doesn't sustain long enough mm. to become right. foundational. Then we're back to zero again.
0: Right. Facts, bro.
5: Yeah, I, I agree I agree with what you're saying, because I feel like... um Coming from the UK, the UK rap scene, not even just Desi, I'm talking about just generally, mm-hmm. has become so mainstream out here. I mean, there's rappers out here that, and the US artists, when they come here, really want to work with a lot of the UK artists. And that's organic because what's happened, you kind of got, kind of what Sharad said before, was like, we have to take ownership of our own scene. So, People have to collaborate with each other and build a scene within ourselves. And I feel like the reason why I mentioned the whole collaboration thing in the start was because I feel like that's a step in the wrong direction sometimes when the song don't sound right or when it's not organic. It's not like it's not like one of these artists have come to come to, come to Mumbai and has bucked up with a rapper at a club or at a bar or just randomly connected through the internet and come out and just spent a week with him or, or a few days and and connected on that level. Whereas in the UK, scene, that I can say that firsthand, that like, that's what's happening. When US artists come to the UK, they connect connecting, even with myself as, as a DJ, they connect connecting me on a personal level where they want to talk to me. They want to exchange phone numbers and create that relationship. And I think that's the only way the scene's going to grow is if you take ownership. And you, to, to take ownership of something, you have to believe in it. You can't look at it like a quick way to make money. Otherwise, it's not because i I'm, I'm gonna keep it 100 when i started djing i didn't know how to dj so i called myself dj lamb because everyone told me yo you need to be a dj and i didn't know how to mix i didn't know how to do anything i just knew tracks and new songs and then i realized well if i really want to do this i have to actually really do this you know what i'm saying and sacrifice and really believe in the scene that i'm really supporting Right. So it's all good that the six of us support the scene, but if the artists that we're supporting are just chasing a quick check, and they're not really, really representing their their area or their struggle, or that's where it really comes from. When you represent something, when you stand for something, you have a purpose. You're, you're, gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna bring a whole scene with you because you're gonna have another ten kids around you that want to be like you. You know right. what I mean?
0: Nice. Yeah, that's a that's a good ass knowledge bomb, bro. Like you just mentioned, like just put it on your back. You know, it's gotta be you gotta be it. Yeah. You can just like talk about at, it. You
5: gotta at, be look, that. Look, look at Drake, he's just done a tune with Heady One. Now I've known Hedy and I've known R V. They're like they're like young ways from Tottenham, North London. And Tottenham has a lot of history. That's where is from, but they're not connected to Skepta. This is their own little thing, but they're like youngers. If I was to show you the collective called OFB, there's literally hundreds, literally, no exaggeration, there's hundreds of these kids rapping now, and they're all going to the same jewelers and getting the same chains made because they all represent that. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? That's their culture that they represent, that's their scene that they represent. The fact that Drake has come and done something with one of them and actually done something on a on a on a production that is defining that movement and that sound shows the respect that. That artist is showing that that culture, and I right. think we don't have that yet. I'll be honest with you, because if we did, we'd have production like the producers that are making the tunes for the big DSC rappers right now would be getting contact contacted by mainstream labels and artists saying, "Yo, we need that hot production from that producer who made that tune out in Mumbai or wherever it is." We're not we haven't got that yet and i think it's still early stages in my i don't know maybe from my, from my perspective it's still early stages i don't know from everyone else's journeys because sure. everyone started at different points i guess but for me the, 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 cool. the, the thing is, is still kind of new for me as well so,
0: nice. yeah yeah that's awesome well cool man that's awesome um great to hear all of that um so you know uh, Limelight, you can stay as long as you want but if you've gotta go you can go but we're gonna continue with the show. Um, we were actually playing a segment called Scavenger Hunt where we ask all of the guests to share uh, something in their room. Um, I think the next person who wanted to share something was Satish, uh, sats B. Got I'll something show for you guys. Hell yeah. Yeah man,
1: uh, so I had stuff at home and then I came to the office I was like, oh man, uh, what I was gonna show you initially wasn't there, but I have this on my desk. These are Father's Day things that my kids made for me. Oh. I don't know if you guys can see it. Um, wow. <laughs> what's, 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 what's fascinating is like I built a life where I don't have to wear a shirt and tie. You know, I could be an <laughs> entrepreneur. I could hoodie up every single day. And then right. this is what they think of me when they think daddy goes to work. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so that's and, a and good the, one. And, oh. and the other crazy thing is I actually don't own any ties. So I don't even know wow. where the inspiration for these two things came by. And, and then when I open it up, uh, I can also tell like personalities. My daughter's card was like, you know, happy Father's Day, dad. And that's it. But my son, who's always politically correct, was like, happy Father's Day, dad and mom. And I was like, yo, he wants to be politically correct. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> uh, funny. But that's you know, funny. for
1: me, it's a, it's, a, it's a simple reminder, man, because it's like, you know, same reason why I got my kids tattooed here because I spent, you know, years where I'm just working away and I forget uh, about the family mm-hmm. because I'm I'm just obsessed with what I do and I have to build these triggers around me like, you know, somebody wants to go out for, a, for a dinner after work and I'm like, oh shit, you know, the act of picking up a drink, I'm like, oh, I, I can't because, you know, I got to go, the kids are waiting or little things like this remind you that, you know, there's... There's a bigger purpose, a bigger vision for everything we do while mm-hmm. staying in the moment and being obsessed about the quality of the work you do is really important. Right, That's not the purpose. It's the bigger thing. And so I try to find ways to just constantly remind myself of the bigger picture.
0: That's awesome. I love if that. Your, if your kids bought you a tie, would you rock it? <laughs> no. Hell no. Oh, damn. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yes. Awesome, bro. Uh, thank you for sharing. Uh, DJ Sharad. I think you got something for us, right? Oh, he did, did the album. The album. Oh, oh shit. He already did it. Oh, My man, bad. forgot about My it. My bad. My <laughs> bad. Juicy. We forgot the main one.
5: Um, I'm going to kick, man. I'm going to keep it moving, man. It's been a pleasure, though. We need to do this again. Hell,
0: Hell yeah. yeah right. Is, are yeah. you about to bounce, bro?
5: Yeah, man. I got a kick okay. one.
0: Bro, uh, before you leave, man, cheers for the FA Cup. You know, for those who don't know, Lamelette and I both uh, share the passion of following Arsenal Football Club. And this last weekend (laughs) was one of the best for us. So (laughs) thank you for showing up, bro. I it's, been a very, you.
5: it's been a very depressing ride, so yeah, we needed that. Man.
0: Hell yeah, definitely. <laughs>
5: yeah, <Raph looked laughs> happy today, so see, <laughs> you look extra happy today, so. dude.
0: Extra, extra happy, bro.
5: <laughs> Wicked guys, man. Good to, good to catch up with everyone. I'm gonna hit everyone up on the Instagram, I was saying, bro. Word, respect, bro,
0: for sure, respect. bro. Thank you for coming. Gang. See you next time, bro. Peace. All right, awesome. Um, okay, so I forgot who's mi- who didn't get to share something. Oh, juicy, let's go. Juicy, yeah. juicy. Let's see what you I got. got. I got two
4: dole sticks. This is called a daga, and this is called a huh And I'm, I'm a terrible percussionist dole player, uh, but it's a hobby of mine. And uh, I keep this at my desk sometimes when we're working, and it's a very high-stress environment. Everything's moving at 100 miles an hour. Sometimes I'll just pull this out of my drawer, and I'll just play it on my desk. And it kind of grounds me, gets me focused back to what I need to do. I put it back in my drawer, and I keep my day moving. So. That's what I have to
0: yeah man. yeah I like that I like that a lot um so I guess it leaves me I've got this book that I've been rereading it's uh humble the poet's uh, first version first version it's a book it's a dope ass book I always try to go back to it um you know um this thing I opened up today when I woke up and it was like if people don't like you for who you are change the people not you. <laughs> That's, that's I dope. like that shit. that
2: shit. I did it. I did it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think at one point in our lives, we all have to do that. You so
2: many people,
0: man. Hell yeah. Well, awesome, bro. So, uh, the next segment, the next game that we're going to play is called Social Undistancing. So here we go. Social undistancing. So this is a segment where we, you know, right now the world is all socially distancing themselves. So in this segment, we're going to try to get to know each other a little better and undistance ourselves. Um, So in this segment, what we're going to do is that um, each of us are going to ask one question to one person. And then, uh, so for example, like, we will all ask Juicy one question and he gets to pick Whatever he wants, you know, um, he can answer all of them or he could just answer one of them, whatever he picks. That's his thing. So, um, you know, w- let's just start with Juicy. Actually, I will uh, I'll go ahead and ask Juicy my question and then, you know, Sats B will ask him one and, and so on and so forth. Um, so, Juicy, when did you begin DJ? That's my question I, to you. But,
4: I started, yeah,
0: go ahead. OK, I was going to say that we will all ask you a question then you get to choose whatever. OK, go ahead. Once you are one answer. <clears throat> okay, Sats B, what do you have, do you have a question for Juicy? Yeah, man. How long did it take to perfect
1: the butter chicken recipe?
0: Ah. <laughs> that that is a two-part question just cuz <laughs> like butter chicken is a podcast and also we're all interested to know how to make a bomb ass butter chicken meal, right? Um, uh, yeah, Spindock. What's your question? How did you guys came up with the whole butter
2: chicken podcast? I want to know the story, man.
0: Nice. Good question. Sharad, what you, what you yeah, got for Juicy? It's
3: crazy because I had butter chicken in my question too, and Satsby to and Spinback had butter chicken. In my, question. my question is, yo, if there was two foods left on earth, oh god, one was cheeseburger and one was butter chicken, and you had to eat that every day for the rest of your life, every single day, would it be butter chicken or would it be cheeseburger? And that's the only thing you could eat forever until,
0: yeah. I'm going to take Raph's question. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I think you still have to answer the butter chicken questions, man. (laughs) Everybody's (laughs) interested. But okay, Um, yeah, go ahead.
4: All right, so, um, Raph, to answer your question, I started when I was 10 years old. Uh, I'm in in my mid-30s now, so I've been DJing for almost... 25 years. Wow. Um, and it's just been a, a passion of mine since a very young age. I, I grew up in Queens, New York. It's a very diverse borough um, in New York City. Uh, you're exposed to a lot of different sounds and cultures here. So, um, you know, listening to everything growing up and trying to identify with my own culture as well was, was quite a, a challenge for me, uh, especially when you're at home and you have Desi parents and they're just trying to instill, you know, our, our home culture in, into us. So um with that, along with listening to radios, uh, along with surrounding myself with a lot of people um that were also interested in shared common interests, um, it really led me to, to this path. And I I started at ten and I never looked back, man.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yep. pretty awesome. Uh, real quick before you answer the next ones, um, who inspired you to DJ at age ten? Like was it your dad or something or what do you think? Honestly, it, it, was, it was a culmination of a
4: few things. It was the radio, uh, Hot 97, I'm sure a lot of people have heard right. of it, um, is it the biggest uh, hip hop institution, I think in New York City, um, you know, in terms of radio. Right. And uh, I was listening to a lot of DJs, such as Funkmaster Flex. Mm-hmm. I would listen to BLS, which is also another radio station with Kid Capri. Um, and uh, right. along with those hip hop DJs, there were a lot of older guys that I would look up to, like Shiraz, who was one of my mentors, um, Jitin um, from Toronto, um, Jay Dabi. There was a few other people in our community that I would listen to and buy their CDs and remix and remix CDs and stuff like that. And I, I paid attention very very closely and just kind of absorbing bits and pieces from everybody to try
0: to develop my own style. Nice, awesome. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's really interesting.
4: Yep. Uh, in regards to Sharad's question, butter chicken all day. Uh, <laughs> although I would miss some cheeseburger every now and again, you know. <laughs> The butter chicken hits different, you know? So so that's right. that. Every um, day. Every day for the rest of your life. If, if I had no choice, yeah, bro. The, qu- the yeah. question is do I get rice or naan with that, or is it just, yeah. the, just the butter <laughs> chicken? Yeah. So, part two the question rice or naan, right? Sach, <laughs> uh, to answer your question, um, it's, uh, it's an ongoing uh, thing to perfect the recipe. Uh, both with the podcast and both with the actual the food. My mom is a very good cook. Uh, I'm Punjabi, so um, food is so big for us, as it is for all Indian cultures, but um, the rich Desi cuisine um, is something that I get to indulge in all the time. And my mom is constantly finding things to tweak her recipe, and that's kind of where I get my inspiration.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
4: so, yeah, man, Spin Dot. Oh, well, also in the second part of that is, is the butter chicken podcast. Um, I'll let Sharad dive into more into that, but the short answer is is we're still trying to find ourselves as journalists uh, and people who are trying to tell messages to the uh, to people in our community. And it's uh it's it's just an ongoing thing. We're we're constantly learning daily and um you know, I, I don't know when that would be perfected or if it ever will be perfected, but it's definitely something that we're we're striving for. Spindot, uh, to answer your question. Butter Chicken Podcast um, is a passion project that Sherrod and I put together a couple of years ago, where we felt like um, the stories of impactful uh, individuals were making you know um, a lot of noise and, and good, uh, doing good in our community wasn't being told or being documented. So we decided, let's get together, let's call some of our friends, let's let's test it with us first and see how it turns out. Let's see what that chemistry is. We've been friends for twenty plus years. Uh, I mentioned Shrad's one of my mentors. So, you know, our chemistry is organic, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it would be organic behind a microphone in a studio. So we decided to go in the studio one day, chop it up. It felt great. Uh, we then started to call some of our friends and artists in the community and and it just took off from there. We 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 paused as we were recording pre COVID um, because, you know, we didn't know what the outlook was gonna be with this whole pandemic. And then also um, just trying to pivot our business as well because we were impacted from a business standpoint, so we needed to kind of shift our energy into that. But it's it's something that we will continue. Um, it's just a matter of time, really. So hope nice. I didn't take up too much time.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, well, thank, well, well, you. thank you,
4: man. Thank,
0: thank you, you, you for answering. Um, cool. So the next uh, next person, let's ask Sats, Sats B some questions. Um, and before we do that, I just wanted to say that this segment of the show is presented by Applause. <laughs> so my question to you, Sats B, is about Applause. What made you do it? When did you start it? Tell us the whole Applause story. Uh, that's my question to you, um, Spin Duck. What's your question for Satsbi? Would you would you let your girl and boy DJ if they want to? <laughs> nice. Awesome. Um, <laughs> DJ Sharad, you got a question for Sats B?
3: Yeah, me knowing Sats on a personal level, I know you're you're not new to this. So my question is: is uh, what continues uh, to fuel your passion now uh, in the digital space?
0: Nice, that's a great question. Juicy. And the, what what was the inspiration behind creating DC Fest? Awesome. Ooh. I was hoping somebody would ask that because uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, Sats B, the mic is yours. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Great questions, guys. Thank you. Um, the easiest one is Spindoc. Yes, my daughter, who is turning 13 this month, is already DJing. Uh, we have a wow. show every night called Sofa Session, So she's on, she's DJing. Um, and half the songs she likes, Facebook cuts us. It's all mainstream. It's the TikTok <laughs> sound. So we're constantly restarting our stream. But um, But she's learning. What I've learned watching her is the discipline to put your playlist together and beat match and tell the story is not there. They just wanna play songs. And then the the, the the young folks that follow her don't appreciate the art form. They just wanna hear their songs. So it's very different trying to teach her how to DJ versus watching her be a playlist DJ, which I think is hopefully not the future and, and, and et cetera, but uh, she's doing it. My son, hell no, he's very conservative. He wants to be behind the scene. He doesn't like the camera. so. Uh, I'm hoping one of them I can manage and retire soon. And Paris Hilton's making $250 a night or something like that crazy. So I'm like, yo, go for it. Learn how to DJ. I'll invest. we got enough people in the community to give you an opening slot. So let's figure it out. Uh, but a great, a great question. <laughs> uh, yeah, the passion, man, Sherrod. You know, I, I think um, I spent the first 25 years starting businesses because I wanted to life hack myself. You know, by the age of 15, I was pretty much told all the things that I suck at and what I'm going to be in life. And I was like, that can't be true because then how am I going to live less of my life with this version of myself? And so I started starting companies to get over fear of public speaking, learning how to life hack my love affair with money, losing some, making some, you know, building real relationship. And so after I sold my last company in 2017, I don't have the same Uh, self-improvement urgency. I kind of like who I am at 43 a couple years ago. Um, So now I'm very passionate about how can I share my blueprint, Uh, especially in music where there's not enough blueprint that people can follow. And it's one of the easiest businesses to get in, is one of the hardest to survive. But I think we we can shift the language a little bit and start getting creative folks to think like business folks and then there's a rule book, there's a process, there's a there's a set of guidelines you can tap into immediately that I think is missing. So I think that's kind of what I'm passionate about, which led to applause and a couple other things, which I'll segue into. Um, the Desi Fest story really was out of anger, man. Like I was born in, in, in India, but I left when I was three. I grew up in Singapore. Most people don't know that. Oh. And in Singapore, you're just the brown kid. You're Asian. You don't even consider yourself brown. You're just an Asian kid. And it's only when I came to Canada, especially in Scarborough, where now I'm like, what kind of brown am I? Mm. And I didn't know how to answer it. I didn't fit into the Tamil community. I didn't fit into the South Indian community. I wasn't into the Punjabi scene. Um, and so I was really confused on where do you fit in? And the number one common human motion is like a feeling of connectivity, right? We didn't have it. Um, and then as I was getting into the scene, I realized, man, I know so much amazing brown folks that are making music, but we're constantly divided between Bollywood version, do we fit in or not? Or we're, we're, we're too urban, we're too black, we're too wannabes, and we don't get any other. So, you know, Desi Fest started as an angry, angry outlet to go, hey, how do we collect a group of us that are creative, we're respecting the culture, but we don't believe in it, and we need a space. And, you know, Young Dundas, which is like our secret sauce, we got it by accident. I literally was trying to do a club night, book like 15 friends, do a club night, do an all urban thing. And none of the clubs will give us a venue because they were afraid that when you combine different cultures that we would fight and stab each other and like cause a ton of shit. So I was like, man, I can't get a club to do a gig in the city. What do I do? And the city property, they can't say no to you it's a city property. So I was like, Hey, (laughs) I'm going to take this and see what happens. And you know, first deal we had 20,000 folks and then now we're 150,000 folks. Um, But really it was out of anger to go, we don't have a place. If I don't fit into my parents' world and I don't fit into the Canadian, North American world, where do we fit in? And one of the things I preach all the time is for our culture to be fully integrated, we have to be transparent with all the good and the bad. Yes, Our curry's got a crazy smell. We've got beautiful songs. We are artists, we are engineers, we're doctors, and we have folks that are not that good, but that's who we are. And so we wanted the most public platform, kind of like that eight mile version. I'm gonna Mm -hmm. expose so much of us that you can't poke fun of me, then what's left is love. So let's get to that part. Beautiful. Um, And then 13 years later, we're still doing it, Mm -hmm. Uh, except this year was a Mm -hmm. whole different fun pivot. Uh, And applause kind of started two years ago, where I was like, look, and you guys know, as much as I love our community, we can have a whole debate on what is their value, right? Like when an artist jumps from three grand US to 10 grand the next year, what happened with that seven grand growth? You didn't win a Grammy, what happened? (laughs) And we can't afford an inflating cost. So we said, hey, we gotta find a way to monetize the fans that show up And so that's what Applause started as, a simple way for anybody in the live music content creation world to get fan love and convert it to money. Super simple. You scan the QR code, Apple Pay, Google Pay, $5 in somebody's pocket, and you're done. Uh, No download, no registration, no extra work for the fan. And as a business guy, I started to think about, well, what is the data that's missing? If I'm a musician, how do I plan what cities to go to tour on? Who's my best customer? How are my fans giving me money? When am I selling my tickets? There's so much intelligence that's missing outside of stream Mm -hmm. data. And that's what Applause wanted to become. We wanted to build an engine where if you are running a a business, which is music, that we can really give you all the data to strategically win. But step one is you got to kind of use it. Uh, And then when COVID sort of killed the live music scene, Thank God everybody went live, and then we became one of the only ways to have a thin way to make money. I don't care if I'm on YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, doesn't matter. Applause layers on everything, and you start to make money right away, including right. this show that just made some money.
0: <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> nice. That's awesome. Uh, thank you, Satish. Uh, thank you, Sats B, uh, for thank sharing. You, Sats. I love that. Um, let's move on to Spin Doc. Spindog, bro, my question to you is, uh, you know, you've done so many crazy shows in India. Which one was the craziest one? <laughs> okay, like a lot of energy, high energy, crazy fans, all of that. Wanna, I want to hear that story. Um, Sats B, what's your question for SpinDuck?
1: I, I think, you know, when I think back on my DJ days, there's so many times where like, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I felt like... You know, I don't have the audience. It's another club night where five people showed up. And you know the people always say, like, five or 100. Give them the best show. It's not that hard when you're trying to spin to a room that's five people in it. So when you hit those moments of, like, I don't know if this is going to work out, and you continue to stay in it, what was the self-talk?
0: Nice. Uh, Great question. Uh, DJ Sherrod?
1: I'm going you a question that's important.
3: Uh, to me, because uh, a lot of DJs, are have, they have platforms and sometimes they have to pivot. Um, a few years ago, you were spinning on stage with arguably the biggest rapper in India, which is Divine. And um, you know, from a business perspective, you were presented an opportunity to go with that gang uh, into their next momentum of their career. You at that point had an option to either go with them or go independent um you took a route to go independent that took a lot of courage um why did you make that decision versus again going with who is now the biggest you know platform in indian hip-hop
4: period
0: nice great question juice
4: my question is um and and i'm sure some of the, the the listeners are curious for this as well you being uh i guess a dual professional a dj and a doctor how did you find balance in achieving both? Um, you know, it's, it's uh, a lot of people have passion, but they're kind of, um, you know, told or guided to, to just pursue what's going to be lucrative for them and beneficial where they can monetize. But it seems right. as if you are able to achieve both. So what's, what's the key to that success and how did you achieve that balance?
0: Man, I gotta say, so, really uh, awesome questions. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. Kidding. So, Sach and Juicy, you
2: your questions are like, you know, kind of similar for me. So, I'm gonna answer. So, like, you know, yeah, I do get low. And those are the places where I feel like, oh, should I uh, go back to my medicine or should I continue being as a DJ? Because, oh, uh, DJing is not doing good. Like, you know, three months I'm not getting enough work to, you know, sustain this and that. That happened initially. But now, you know, now I figured out a way to, you know, how to get through this thing. Uh, Being a dual professional, yeah, it is difficult, but you know, last two or two and a half years, I was 100% giving myself to my music and I kind of completely stopped uh, doing medicine. I came back to medicine as a volunteer because, you know, uh, my country, like, you know, India has, has like massive population and limited amount of doctors who can go in the community and helping out. So it's more or like a voluntary work than making money work because I'm, I'm hardly making any money. It's like a penis. So yeah, from medicine, I don't want to make money. I just want to give my service to the community because uh, since my childhood, like my parents, they always taught me you know, to help, to help, to help, to give, to give. And I have that thing treated in my head. So I always think of giving more than taking. So that's why medicine is more like a voluntary thing. Whereas majority of my money I make is from music. And right. yeah, I do get crazy low and i feel like you know there are there are always points where i have to go like from this point to this point and i'm like should i go from this from this or should i not or take a safer way i do feel like that but then i realized that after like 10 years then i i'll be sitting alone and thinking that why the fuck did i not you know take the courage to do this mm-hmm. i would have been in a better place and right now i'm in a really good place and i'm happy like wherever i am i need to go above this but like you know i see my journey and i i feel like oh i'm a guy who lived in a slum Who's coming from? I literally had nothing. Dude, like I, I used to get like I had nothing. I had I had to borrow. Like I had to steal money to buy blank CDs. Like that was my kind of struggle. Like I started on CDs and then I bought my own turntables and I started scratching. So the whole journey is like crazy. And every time I get small victory, I I take that thing as my inspiration. That okay, I already want this, so I can win this. I can win that. And uh, about Gully Gang, yeah, so. Gully Gang was like uh, it was like a family to me, and you know I really loved playing with Divine and it was a really good thing. But then uh, at at one moment I realized that okay, uh, uh, it's it's good as a DJ if I establish my identity solo and inspire more people. Because right now you know when I was DJing with Gully Gang, everybody had a dream not to become spin doctor or DJ. They wanted to become DJ with Gully Gang. And I don't want them, them to dream that. I don't want anybody to dream that, okay, if you're going to be successful only if you play with a big band. No, it's not. Like You're going to be successful even if you're just a DJ and doing your, doing your own shit. I don't want people to follow a certain, like, you know, a blind path that, okay, this is the benchmark of success. So there is no benchmark of success. Sky is the limit. You do what you want to do. And uh, I think doing a solo career, I'm making like four times of money. <laughs> so I'm happy. Money wise I'm doing good and brand wise also like right now you are dealing uh, with like one to one so you have lot of freedom like when you are in a band you have to listen to the management here right now I have my own management so I, I can tell my manager that dude I don't want to do this like fuck off and he'll understand because I am the artist here so you are the boss here you are not the employee whereas in the band you are the employee which I, I was exactly. happy initially but then later on I, I desire to you know get more and more and I feel like I was not fitting in that setup and as an individual and I have my own business strategy going on in my head which doesn't coincide with them so sometimes that those differences you know you want to overcome that thing so it's better to have a separate channel for yourself and you know do whatever feel like you know you feel like now right now initially it was like uh, Spin doctor playing in Gully Gang right now. Uh, Spin doctor playing with this is this rapper. Like I had a and yeah again. Your question, Raps uh, the best gig I had this gig at Sula Festival, which happened. It's one of the most cult music festival. Only good musicians, right. like people who are like at a really good stage. They they are invited. You know they 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 bring like the best of the best fans from the world. So me as a DJ like I always wanted to play on that stage because no DJs get that stage. Right. It's only for live musicians. So me as a spin doctor and friends. So you get it? Like, you know, it's spin doctor and friends. So I got rappers on my set. Like all the rappers. Like Tracy was in my set. Poetic Justice was in my set. Big C was in in my set. So here, you know, I am trying to establish DJing as one of the large sector in hip hop. Not just rappers. Because here, everybody, like, you know, if you ask any layman, what is hip hop? They'll be like rappers. So right. again, like, you know, I was telling you from the beginning, I want to change that perception of people that, you know, hip hop is not just rapping or rappers. It includes everything. DJing, it includes b-boying, it includes, you right. know, graffiti. So, you know, all the five elements of hip hop. And I want to make sure that I represent DJing to its maximum. And then I, I make sure that, you know, I give all the Indian hip hop DJ or any brown hip hop DJ a vision that, you know, it's just, just DJing, you know, can give you a, a solid identity. You not you do you not need not any need not to be part of something to have that identity. Like you know, yeah, it's good. That's an accessory, but again, like you have to have your own brand. Like how Sharad has his own thing, so everybody knows DJ Sharad. Everybody knows Juicy or Sadhvi or you for that matter. So as a DJ, you know, we have a responsibility to teach our next generation of DJ that mm-hmm. you know you should not follow just mass you know you should make your own identity or build your own brand and that's how it works like you know dj Khaled is a brand like everybody knows dj Khaled yeah that's sick kind of similar way yeah
0: that's sick i like that knowledge bomb right there like build your own brand you know and then everybody will come that's amazing um Moving on, like, thank you for sharing, uh, Spindock. I, I loved it. Um, moving on to DJ Sharad, bro, my question to you is, you know, you listen to so many different artists and musicians. If you were to create a collaboration between a producer and an artist, who would those two be? Um, that's my question to you. Um, what a question, bro. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's just, you know, like you listen to so many people, you know, all day. So I wondered. Um, Juicy, what's your question for your big bro, DJ Sherratt? What do you want
4: your legacy to be? What do you Ooh, want to leave behind?
0: Legacy. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Sats B. Oh what's your question? Oh, my
3: gosh, here bro. Here me, bro. I bro. Got, I, got I got to let these marinate.
1: <laughs> listen, the questions are getting deeper and deeper. Ooh. Man, I was just wondering like as a as a fellow gearhead if you can invent something that's going to make the DJ scene more creative and more fun. Wow. As a product guy, what would you invent? What toy, what DJ gear, <laughs> what add-on would you invent if no money was an issue? Wow.
0: Nice question, Yo. bro. <laughs> Spin that,
2: what's your what's your dream gig, bro? What's your dream gig?
0: dream gig? Beautiful. Man, these are all amazing questions.
2: This is amazing. He already did it
1: at Disney Fest. His dream game. already did it. Take it off the list. Take it off the list.
0: All right, Sharad, the mic is yours. Let's hear it.
3: (laughs) Wow. I think, I think legacy, um, from a legacy standpoint, you know, it was, it was really unclear to me of, of what that was, uh, and what success was. And I put legacy and success in, in similar categories. Um, And if you you look at yourself as successful, uh, it it will sort of automatically go towards what you want your legacy to be. And for me, I realize that um, legacy is not about the mass, Uh, success is not about the general public, Um, but your legacy is is when you leave, uh, if your family and the the people that, that cared for you immensely around you Um, were affected and impacted positively, then you would have uh, essentially left um, an amazing legacy. So for me, uh, you know, it's really hard to figure out, but as long as my family and my kids are happy and can talk good on my name when I'm gone, then I've done my job uh, here on this planet, it's simple. Nice. Um, so that to me is legacy, you know, that the love of your, your children and your family, uh, I think it's crucial, um, in terms of, uh, inventing a product. Uh, so yeah, use the gear sets, but be clear. <laughs> I'm, tech, like, I'm technologically disadvantaged, even, even, even for this, um, particular meeting, like to get on this shit. Like a minute before, I'm scrambling, and I'm like, Juicy, send me the link, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it would be, and I, I almost have it, but I have it with the human element. Like if I go do a gig, I can't even plug in my own laptop without having some sort of fear. Real talk, like when we went to Daisy Plus, if Juicy wasn't there, I might not have been able to DJ. You know. Just, so, so if I was going to invent something, it would literally be a robot that could go with me Every gig that could drive my truck or drive my car or drive me wherever, that robot then gets out an hour ahead of me, sets up all the equipment, has the ability to sound check with a mic, you know, send me signal in the car, and play the first couple of records before I get there. (laughs) Right when it's about to peak, my laptop's already set, and I just go in and...
2: And, then and, and you just down. show up. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
3: bro, honestly, like, you know, I have a lot of equipment. I don't know how to operate it the best. And I have an amazing human team around me. Like, if, if I take you around the office right now, there's like seven, eight people here that are all R&D, tech, whatever. Me, I'm like, nah, just, just get <laughs> it. Make sure it works. I'm going to plug the laptop in and go. And that's it. That's so,
2: dope. That's robot, dope.
3: <laughs> the robot that can go with a DJ. And it's expensive. My robot's not going to be cheap because buy it and start DJing you gotta be able to earn it and own it so my robot do you want
2: your that. robot to serve you drinks also when you are playing yeah,
3: I mean, no. the robot does everything for you Like
2: my robot
3: will be, you can't buy it for less than 100 so if you don't have 100 G's you can't buy it but if you have 100 G's you, it. you, 100 Gs, got you
0: can rent it, you? So can you rent it? Rav, the robot. bookmark is this episode the robot is one
3: to one and it only goes, it's program for a specific DJ to learn that DJ inside out. It becomes that DJ. DJ
2: Sherrod right is living in 2015.
3: I'm telling yeah. you. So yeah. Yo, we are five years away. I, I, would, I would, if I had to buy that right now, I'd pay half a million for that. i will pay for it. Right. Okay. Pay for that. And when it becomes available to the mass, $100,000 product.
1: Yo, that's if Listen, you- Listen, we're five care, years you, away, bro. We're Which five are, years <laughs> away from that.
3: Invent it. Because I guarantee Chad oh. DJs will buy. You know how much you save on payroll? And, <laughs> and everything perfect and someone always there for you? You can't beat that.
4: That's, it, uh,
3: that's, that's got the doing. prototype in the office right now, bro. <laughs> One time I came to India and I DJed in Hyderabad, okay, in a palace. Why? And when I DJed there, a staff that I would have to help me for laptop, sound tech, all that, would normally here be like three people in India when I came to Hyderabad to DJ in his palace. No joke, there was like 50 people just there for me. One guy to plug in one RCA. It was amazing, bro. And I asked the dude, Joe, how much you get paid, and the equivalent in rupees at that time was almost like a dollar per gig. Not even. It was crazy back then. So. Uh, that was
2: crazy. I, I I don't know, I have this constant thing that I need to do everything by my own because I don't trust anybody with my setup. <laughs> like so I don't even let anybody touch my needles, dude. Like I was like, dude, do not touch anything. I'll I'll plug in my mixer. I'll do everything. Nobody touches my setup. Nobody. And if I do the sound check, and even if anything is like, you know, if, if if even if the wire is moved from here to there, I get mad. I was like, dude, who the fuck touch my control? You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so no, I'll tell you, if you it's my strict instruction that like you cannot even move the laptop stand if I leave from here. That's it. <laughs> 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 dude, I'm I'm a very rich in that way. It's Nobody funny. touches
3: in, in of,
2: on my own.
3: In terms of dream gig, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm past that 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 mindset of a dream gig. Um, I, I don't I don't know what it is, but I played Super Bowl pre-party. I played twenty, thirty, forty thousand people. I played. I
2: thought you wanted to play it Pin Doctor. Okay, it's okay,
3: Choose. Oh, fast, 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 fast. But but the reality is, is, if if I could if I could change the question a little bit, because I really I've really accomplished everything I felt I've wanted to in DJing and where I've played.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: What I feel like is the feeling is more important than the actual place you're playing. The feeling I get you know, and Sats, Sat's know this because he comes from the same music era as I do. Um, the feeling I get, I get when I used to play old dance hall in a basement, like being in somebody's basement, dark as fuck, beers, old English, you know, blunt being smoke and me playing old school nineties and nineties, reggae and nineties hip hop in a basement gave me the greatest feeling than ever being in stadiums and being in these places. So for me, right. I used to be in a lounge called Lava Lounge. It was like 200 people packed, just people packed together, close, sweating. Dancing to me is the the best thing of DJing, not the big crowds and the lavishness and wearing a tux to DJ none of that. It's more, you know, being in the cut, low-key, packed dancers was always my thing. Nice. Uh, collaboration I'd love to see. And, I, you know, it's not even a dream collab. It's just something I do see happening. But I'd love to see, like uh, – You know, I'm a big fan of Roger Kumari. I've been working with her here in the States, um, you know, and uh, I support her career a lot. She's an artist that I really, really feel has a lot of potential in America. Um, I'd love to see uh, Roger Kumari and Dr. Dre do a record together.
0: Ooh, nice. Um,
3: It's a West Coast thing, but, you know, Dre is global. um, Right. So I'd I'd love to see that, uh, you know, marinate one day and make that happen, so...
0: That'd be sick. No, no. That's awesome. Um, we've spent a lot of time today, but we're at the last segment. Yeah. So just want to say, Sharad, that hourglass thing of yours, don't trust it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> we're over. <laughs> this is the last segment. He's, he's, All right. Playlist placement. This is, I think, going to be a fun segment with you guys because you guys are all DJs listening, you know, ears to the streets. In this segment, I ask you guys, uh, the guests, to suggest what you're listening to right now. Uh, You know, at Desi Hip Hop, we curate a lot of playlists. All the time, global desi hip hop playlists on Spotify, Apple Music, and we do a lot of different genres of playlists as well. So here's uh, you know our chance to share. What are you guys listening to right now? It can be anything, any genre. It doesn't have to be desi either. So let's start with DJ Sharad.
3: Um, me personally, i um, you know I listen to everything. I'm hip hop to the core. I've been listening to hip hop forever. Um, But really, I've been focused on South Asian talent right now, a lot of brown talent coming out of both the East and the West. Um, I like this kid, the real Mizuchi. Uh, He's brand new. He's out of Bombay, but I believe he lives in Boston. And he just sent me his EP, and I'm blown away by the talent and by the sound. So little, uh, not little, the real Mizuchi is his name uh he's fire he's got a brand new ep very well produced very young super independent artist and that's what i look for is like the new up-and-coming kids i feel like they inspire me uh a lot um
0: nice so check them out dope. awesome we're gonna definitely Whoa, check them out
3: rolling stone india just wrote up about him too um and um i believe he's whether he pops off or not is 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 not not what it is it's is the music good and does he have a sound that's um does he have a sound that is uh, unique and independent? And yes, you know, check them
0: out. Nice. Sure. Love it. Thank you. Uh, Juicy. What I'm are you listening to. So, uh, uh, just
4: taking a tangent from, from the Desi scene, um, as of the past couple of years, me personally, when I'm driving in the car and also when I'm DJing, mm. uh, I'm very big on the Afro beats. Um, Burna Boy, Kiss Daniel, Malik Ferry, Yemi Alade. Um, are all artists that are constant rotation for me. So um, definitely the sounds coming out of, of Africa, specifically Lagos, Nigeria, um, have been really kind of, um, you know, you could see that it's clear in my in my playlist since that's now.
0: Right. Nice. Yeah, I like that. You know, past few years, you're right, like, you know, this Afrobeat sound has getting a revival and it's quickly becoming this mainstream sound. You know, recently yep. I've been feeling like that UK grime, you know, that UK drill, um, stuff I feel like that's gonna do something in the future. What do you guys think? Do you guys think UK drill is gonna be the next thing? Yeah, yeah sure, i agree. Okay. It's already the thing,
3: it's already the thing. It's,
0: huge. it's already the thing. All right, perfect, perfect. That sounds good. Okay, um, Sats B, what do you listen to? Uh, lately? so I'm
1: oding on tumble music again, man. Uh, I, I realized like hmm. 14 years of Daisy Fest with very little Tamil content. I spend most of my time listening to language that I don't understand, but it helps from a programming perspective. But since AC Fest didn't happen and we've been going online, I've been exposed to Tamil music again, and I realized how much I miss it. So I've been like overindulging in Tamil music, the, the stuff from the movies, the stuff from the local artists, uh, constantly, and I'm starting to pick up the language again. I can read again. It's been crazy just getting back into it. Uh, and also, through applause, there's a ton of Canadian talent that doesn't have a plan yet, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in hip hop, both right. you know, male and female. And so I've been really working on their sound. Um, and uh, I can't wait to release some of that stuff to the new world. But really, right now, it's like I'm falling back in love with my own language that I've ignored nice. for so long.
0: Yeah. Man, can you name one or two artists uh, that you're listening to, like Tamil music that you mentioned? The
1: go-to right now is is mm-hmm. Sri Swidra, man that guy's like, just killing it. Everything about him. I love, and I've been exposed to him, but I never really focused on his independent work. Um, nice. and so, you know, it, it's, i will be geeking out on him and then I'm working on this new project, taking Tomo Classical music and making into some soul funk EDM stuff. And so really sick. like I'm back into having fun, but I get the, I get the words now and not just the emotion.
0: Wow. Oh, nice. That's awesome. That's sick. All right. Spin doctor. What are you listening to?
2: Yo, I'm in a totally different zone. So, yeah. basically, when the lockdown started, I started listening to Sufi music. So, I started listening to Nusra Fatehli Khan and that, like, his vocals and all, like, it gave me a lot of inspiration. Then I started listening to Anushka Shankar, who's a sitarist. You know, she plays sitar. And, uh, like, too much of classical, like, Zakir and that nice. kind of stuff. Because I feel like those are the places where I want to take inspiration from right now. And in, in terms of hip-hop, like, you know, there are really good talents in Bombay. And I'm, like, in one-to-one touch with all those guys. So yes. I've been, like, making music with them. Uh, regarding the Tamil uh, thing he said, like, there are, there is this uh, duo I, I discovered, like, Cartel Madras from Canada. Those girls are, like, fire. Like, they are mm-hmm. from uh, Calgary. Right. So Cartel Madras, they are, like, they, their album, like, uh, is, yeah. is literally bomb. So
0: yeah. uh, I've been huge, yeah,
2: right. even I... There is there is this guy from Hyderabad, his name is Pranav Chaganti. He uh, raps in Tamil, but his Tamil is so clear and and the the flow he has, like he has the fastest rap I think in Tamil, I think. You should check it out. Pranav Chaganti. Mad rapper. So like you know, in India all this local talent, like I, I know that them one to one and I go check them out, speak to them and you know I listen to their stuff. So every city I have like a favorite rapper. Like in Kolkata, if you say I have this guy called J T he's killing it in Delhi. No, I Shaking is shit, man. Like, I, I, like you know, I got him on my state like set on twice or thrice in Calcutta and he, he killed it. So, him is their poetic justice and then uh, gravity you should like in, if you want to check out the rapper from Bombay, gravity is the guy. Gravity is like his, his bomb. He, he has that fire. I have a track coming up with him nice. called Achyathama with Gravity and Poetic Justice. Nice. So, those are the guy, man. i like, like, I have so many people and, and I cannot list them in like, Right. But every city, I have one favorite rapper, yeah. like you know, right from Delhi to Kolkata to Haryana to like Bhopal, like small cities, uh, <laughs> nice. south side Kerala, in Karnataka. Everybody's like Madurai soldiers. You guys check it out, like if you want to go for South Indian South, Madurai soldiers are like the lit, 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 like crazy lit band. Yeah,
0: sick. Came across those guys, those are
2: sick. Yeah, sick. in northeast, uh, northeast there are two, three rappers who are
0: like killing it over there. So like, you know, India has like crazy talent. Yeah, That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Gravity. I really like as well. Bombay local and their whole crew is very nice. It's really cool. Really awesome. Um, well, awesome guys, you know, we're at the end of our show, but you know, at the end, I always like to give each of you guys an opportunity to, you know, leave the audience with, you know, a a message or whatever you really want to say. Um, so let's, uh, you know, DJ Sharad. what do you want to say to the audience before we leave?
3: Um, firstly, WAF thank you, man, for everything you do for Daisy Hip-Hop. I don't really think people understand your role uh, in the scene and, and really how, how impactful you are in this whole game. Um, everyone on this particular call, uh, and even Limelight, who's not here no more, we had, I've had personal dealings with, personal relationship with, uh, all of y'all have opened up your particular platform. Raph, right away when I called you, it was, yo, whatever you want. Sad to be has the biggest, arguably the biggest, one of the biggest shows in Canada. He said, yo, I'ma I'm put you guys on, no questions asked. When Spindach came to New York, we linked up. And when he came, he, he showed me Shah Rool, you know, the artist Shah Rool when he was here. And- um, Altaf. He, uh, Altaf too, yeah. You, you put me on to Altaf? Yeah. Yeah. and You put me onto a a big Sha record at the time. Um, And, you know, you just opened it up and you just, and you just said, yo, check out these dudes from Mumbai. They're killing it. My point and juicy, obviously we're next door to each other right now. But point is, is like, we all have different platforms and different reaches. And I think 10, 15 years ago, people were, were holding onto their platforms tight and not opening them up and not sharing them. And now it's like, you know, when you guys come to New York, you link us. Whenever we come into your city or in your digital space, it's open game. Uh, same thing with, with, uh, with Limelight and BBC and all that. Every time I have music from America, I send it to them. So I think, thank you, Raf, for being like this sort of common denominator and this glue that is able to bring people together, bring a whole scene together, be sort of driving force, if you will, within our community. Um, with that, you know one, one point I want to make, which is not talked about enough, it's very important. Yeah. We're making this collaborative effort. We live this life of hip hop, or on the Daisy Hip Hop platform. We, as a community of brown people uh, uh, making hip hop and being in our space and calling it our own, uh, don't give enough credit to black people as a community. I'm not saying as individually, but as a community, our culture really needs to do a better job of standing next to um, the black community, period. Um, We are the guys that have adopted their culture, we call it their own, we've uh, monetized off it, we do it in our own language and in our own way, but really everything from the hats we wear, the chains we wear, the way we look, the way we speak, the way we engage on a day-to-day basis, the music we make, the DJing we do, everything we do comes from a community that had to suffer for 400 years for it to come to this place for us to easily just take it and call it our own. So as a community, our messaging now has to shift a little bit. While we on this call have always embraced black culture, I think we have to be more vocal about really standing next to black people and saying, look, we're adopting this as our own, but we really know where it comes from. And we stand with you, we credit you. We're here to support you. We're here to support your community, whether that means buying black, whether that means collaborating with black, whether that means being in the same places as black, and brown together i think the djs and us in this digital space have a lot more groundwork to do we're doing a good job but we have to do we have to do it and push it to our whole community you know we have powerful voices individually together we're way stronger so that that's what's vital right now
0: nice well said well said that is awesome yeah that is perfect well said man that sats b you know summed it up with the well said that's right man uh, I agree with you completely, wholeheartedly. You know, we did an episode just about that subject. And, uh, you know, it is really important for us to continue talking about that. Um, thank you so much, DJ Sharad. I appreciate you as well. You know, like all of the things that you do, it's amazing. And, you know, you're always a call away. You know, I really appreciate that. Always did. Um, Spin Doc, bro, what do you uh, have a message for the fans? I am the youngest here, like in front of all, all of you people at... Like, i really cannot give you guys message but you know i'm thankful to you guys
2: that uh, the scene is so good for us also and you know thanks for you know letting us be part of like you know from india like uh, djs were like you know just local and we never thought of going global because we never that dreamt that big so thanks to you guys you know we are coming in the global platform like now now i have people who know me in canada and i have people who know me in us people in uk so thanks that you know like whole Indian thing you know you guys are supporting us so much and you are you guys are the one who are putting us on that map because yeah like in our scene we are doing good but you know nobody listens to us uh abroad if you were not there so you guys are there who are like putting our sound in the international market so I just want to thank you guys that's it
0: wow. yeah that's it you know I, I would uh, like to add that you know, we're all doing our best, uh, you know, you're doing your best and we're doing our best. And all of that together comes together and then we all win, man, that's, that's exactly what's happening. 10 years from now, they're not gonna forget any of our names on this call or any other calls that we have in this industry right now. Um, so thank you, thank you for that. Uh, DJ Juicy, I wanna hear a little message for, from you. Uh, I think uh, just to echo everybody's point,
4: it's, it's important. Um, to just kind of stay tight and together and closely knit. Um, sure, I've said it straightens in, is in the numbers. And um, I feel a big deficit um, in our community, particularly is the lack of unity. So what we're doing right here, we're all together. We're collaborating. We're from the same descent background areas of the world. We need to stick together and support each other. And, you know, we will rise together. That's the bottom line. Um, and the second thing is, is paying it forward. Um, you know, you, you could have, So success is is extremely subjective, right? It's it's what you have made up in your own mind. But if you feel that you're successful as an individual, what are you going to do to pay it forward? Are you going to mentor somebody? Are you going to donate your time or some money? Um, You know, because people can really benefit from your experiences. And it's important to share that in whichever way, shape, and form. So paying it forward is is tremendous to me. Nice.
0: Nice. That's awesome. I, I love that piece of advice. That is so true um well you know last but not least satish a little message yeah. for the audience man and you know imagine like a younger version of you watching this you know so like Listen, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm 29 <laughs> forever i don't know what you guys are talking about i'm 29 <laughs> forever baby uh no it's a great opportunity to, to connect and chat thank you for inviting even though you're kind enough to call me a dj i'm more of an mc with a hobby for djing more than anything so I'm in awe when I see these guys do their shows and what they do with with the with the mixes. Um, I, I think for me, you know, it, it's really at the end of the day uh, have a vision for what you do and why you do things. Whether you're a producer, a DJ, songwriter, festival person, whatever it is that you want to do, and there's plenty of cheddar in the universe. There's lots of opportunities, man, to do what you love. Um, have a vision for why you do the things you want to do, and in that vision make sure you really understand what's going to make you happy we we feel like we need to leave happiness for later in life when we attain certain things and goals where i challenge everybody to start baking in happiness as part of the strategy up front that's really all that is is important you know if you do things out of like the right reason and you're happy doing it then the measurement of success like juicy said it's it's really up to you and that's all you can own and get rid of the ego you know there's so many of us on the call today who fought for the culture who got the scars from building these foundational opportunities reach out and ask for help ask for mentorship ask for advice don't feel like that is going to create a moment of weakness or an ego because what's the point of having these battle scars in in developing the culture and going to war if we can't give it back, right? And so, right. reach out, ask for help. There's only so much self-learning and YouTube and Udemy you could do. There's something magical about saying, "Hey, I need help. Guide me." And mm-hmm. those of us that are doing it for the right reason, our doors are always open. Our phones will always get picked up. But reach out and 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 ask.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I love that, man. And you know, I think um, <laughs> Sherrod mentioned or Juicy mentioned that. You know, like ten years ago, this wasn't the case. You know, like uh, a lot of people were just running on ego, but I love where we are right now, and we should take advantage of every single moment. Um, so thank you guys for being here. You know, you added a lot of value to my life as well today, man. I'm super happy talking to all of you guys. You're so positive. I love the energy, Spin Doc, man. Love, love everything you said. Sats B, love that advice, man. As an entrepreneur, I really look up to you. You know, we have so much to learn from you. So I love all the things you mentioned. Juicy and Sharad, man, you guys are keep doing your thing, bro. Like, I really enjoy all your mixes. By the way, you know, when we were making that little clip yesterday with Juicy, like, scratching the fuck out of that thing, um, you guys know what I'm talking about, but the audience may not know. But, like, man, <laughs> those scratches, fuck. Okay, that was really good. That's thank for you, another convo, maybe. But like, That shit was nice. Um, cool, guys. Thank you so much for being here today, man. I will definitely hit you guys up soon. Really appreciate you. Thank you for everything. Thanks, Thanks for Raph. being on it, man. The show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah appreciate that. Salud. Good, good to see everybody. Hell yeah. Next week, Karan Kanchan. We'll talk about that later. Peace. Thank you.